Remember the usual shilling, like, comment, subscribe, share. I'm gonna start this off and say that these ideas and everything here isn't really mine. I didn't come up with it. Those are thanks to Marshall Hubrecht on Twitter. You should follow him at HugLMarsical on Twitter. I really recommend it. So let's begin with the word bearers in this case. And they have a very Babylonian thematic to them. Let's look at it from this following point. Word bearers have all these inscriptions and words written into them. You can even find them in those old decal sheets that came with the old Chaos Space Marines. I'm not that sure about these new ones. But still, there you will find a bunch of writing just perfect for the word bearers. And it's no surprise that those are Colicisian runes from the home planet of Lorgar and most of the traitorous word bearers. They resemble perfectly, and it's almost identical, you can't really miss it, the cuneiform writing that was used back then in the East by the ancient bronze societies. But that's not all, because there are some interesting parallels between the word bearers and Babylon and effectively Canaan. For example, Colchis itself is described as a desert planet, but with rivers crisscrossing it, and its architecture resembles clay and fire bricks constructions. And that, well, we know that's a reference very likely to the Tower of Babel's story, where they try to build a tower to reach God, and then God punished them by mixing their tongues and creating all the diverse languages of the world. Funny enough, in the end and the death, it is implied that the emperor was Alexander the Great, that whip wept when he saw that there was nothing left to conquer. But also in the Olanius Pius, I think, story, we know that one of the first missions he did alongside the emperor was the destruction of the Tower of Baba, or getting to it. So the parallels and references are there for this. The marshal also makes an interesting claim that Lorgar could easily be a stand-in for King Solomon. This might come as a surprise, but what he has to say about this is pretty interesting. Remember, King Solomon was the wise, faithful, and pious son of David, whose arrogance and lust allowed him to throw away his God-given wisdom and started worshipping the false idols his foreign wives introduced to him and as such created a division on the kingdom of Israel that would never heal. Think about this, for example. Lorgar was supposedly one of the most knowledgeable of the Primarchs and also very faithful to the Emperor. Until, of course he didn't have wives, but remember he had Erebus and uh, Corpharon to guide him towards their false idols, the idols that they had back on their home world of Colchis, and that created a division in the Imperium that would never heal. <laughs> You're understanding where I'm going with this, this is pretty interesting. The Kingdom of Israel was forever split in two. The fact that there are stories of Solomon binding demons to his will further exacerbates this, and the fact that the first half of his life is considered a glorious reign, then marred by infamy. Stop me if you hear this. 
binding demons to his will. And this is exactly what the word bearers are doing. Maybe not Lorgar per se in some cases, but the word bearers in general from 30k from the Horus Heresy since the moment of their betrayal until 40k right at this point. They are still doing this. It is one of their main practices. Of course, Kingdom Forever Split in Two. We have the Imperium, that's Forever Split in Two. And, well, the, the fact that the first half of Lorgar's life is considered a glorious one, especially with his campaigns and everything he did during the Great Crusade. And then the other half is marred by infamy, with the treachery of the Horus Heresy. And his demonhood. And I think the Marshall's comparison with King Solomon are very good because look at this. The Temple of Israel is still collectively known to this day in fact as the Temple of Solomon. And that's interesting because Solomon kind of gave up on God and continued on in infamy and false idolatry. What else does he have in common with Lorgar? Well, the Imperial Creed the Imperial Holy Text was created by Lorgar. The Lectitio Divinatus was created by him. And it still continues to be an important piece of the Imperium and the Imperial Creed till this day. The comparison is also pretty interesting and very well held by the fact that since its inception, Games Workshop or the creators of Warhammer have been interested in history, and we see parallels of history, for example, in the World Eaters and Ultramarines, both who are heavily inspired by the Roman aesthetic, and both who come from very Roman planets. One of them, Ultramar, being more the political Rome, the one with the Senate and everything else, and the other one, Nurseria, being the planet with the gladiator fights, the more bloody side of the Roman Empire. It is no surprise then that we can look at this and see the Babylonian influences in the word bearers. Because they are there and they are so visible, it's a little bit funny that I didn't think about this before reading the Marshall's tweet. But again, the Horus heresy is very heavily inspired by biblical themes. Look at this. Horus is the sun that fell, the glorious of them all, and he fell to his pride, exactly like Lucifer. We look at the savior Sanguinius, who dies for our sins, I guess. It doesn't really fit with Jesus Christ, though his model seems to be very well made after one of the archangels. Maybe Michael, if I'm correct on that. While the emperor acts as the Jesus Christ figure. I'm not going to get into that. But another interesting aspect is if we look at one Mesopotamian deity, one god of Babylon, who is named Marduk, or in Sumerian Amar, the calf of the sun, or the solar calf, he is the patron deity of the city of Babylon. And quite frankly, there is a word bearer that is named like that. Sure, his importance and relevance is not really there. But if you look at the names of the word bearers, they seem to be fitting for this Babylonian theme that we're going for and that the marshal really talked about. I really want to thank him for this because it was amazing to think about this. It was a good, it's a good story. But I've put in the title that we'll be talking also about the Chaos Dwarves. And the Chaos Dwarves share some of those similarities. 
as the word bearers, but they are more interesting. The word bearers seem to be more abstract. You need to know to know. You know what I mean? You need to be the into the inside to know that. But the Chaos Dwarves have no such subtlety in them, in my opinion. It's clear that many people look at them and see Persians. <laughs> but, of course, it's still a Babylonian slash Eastern theme to them. They still have that to them. And that is their fall from grace. Because, you see, they, some, they worship Hashut, which is basically a bovine god, like a calf or a bull. Of fire, of course, and some of their monsters do look like that. But there's an interesting thing related to this. You see, since we're at the 8 minute mark, I can easily talk about this. The brazen bull, or the Sicilian bull, or the bull of Faris, was a method of torture and execution designed in ancient Greece, where a person would be stuffed into such sculpture and a fire would be lit under it and i know it doesn't really fit with the eastern themes to it especially because it's greece not babylonian or sumerian or mesopotamian to begin with but still hear me out it is pretty interesting because the chaos dwarfs worship of god or chaos god of fire let's not forget that and also one of the most important parts is that the golden calf is a thing. For you see, the golden calf is, according to the Bible, an idol, a cult image made by the Israelites when Moses went up to Mount Sinai. It is a false idol. Like is the worship of the chaos dwarves who are dedicated themselves to a god of chaos rather than to their ancestors like normal dwarves. Which is interesting to say the least and it probably speaks a little about their fall from grace from dwarvenhood if you wish but there is another one you might have another inspiration that is related to a bovine creature and fire that doesn't have anything to do with the golden calf or the brazen bull and that's that their inspiration might be from the Canaanite god, or demon as we know him today, Moloch, a bull slash ox figure who was worshipped as a god on an altar that was basically a furnace and child sacrifices used to be practiced to gain its favors. And in fact, it probably makes more sense that their inspiration for Hashut is basically Moloch Ball rather than the Golden Calf or the Brazen Bull. It surely makes sense because the Chaos Dwarfs also shared the Babylonian themes with the word bearers, while more, more open, and 